Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall, the world's leading rock and metal writer. Each fortnight, Mick will unpack rock and roll stories. Stories that you probably won't find in print. So pour yourself a Jack and Coke and get ready to get your rocks off. Okay, uh, welcome back. Um, uh, I always fuck these bits up. What is you? You start, John. You start. Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off. Yeah, the first in our new series of weekly, weekly Get Your Rocks Off. Weekly podcast. Just like Kerrang! back in the day. Yes. We've, we've gone weekly due to public demand. <laughs> yes, due to popular demand. Popular demand, that's it, not public demand. No, no. Um, and I've forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, carry on, John. Yeah, well, this is the big spiel. This is the join us every week. Every oh, sorry, yes. Join we'll us with you every, every week. single every week. Every single week. It's going to be on a Thursday. Every Thursday. episode comes out on a Thursday. That's Ruthlessly right. professionally. Ruthlessly professionally. A Thursday. Just yes. remember, yes. Thursday. It's appointment podcast it is. time. That's right. You can listen to it on other days. But yeah, you, but if you, you want can, it, no, no, no. You can repeat exactly. Listen. But if you want it fresh out of the can, out of the can, yeah, like a worm, Thursday, like a load of worms <laughs> yeah, coming out of a can, straight into your ear. Thursday is the day. It's yes. like the day that Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 came out. That's right. And people lined up around the block. They just did. To, yeah. well, it's the same thing because it comes out at midnight. Yeah. Okay, it comes, out, mid- it comes midnight. out at midnight. Yeah. The Tower Records is open at one second past midnight. That's right. So you can hear Get Your Rocks Off. Yeah, and if you're not here, we will know. Well, if you're not here, you, you, yeah. We will we, know because we won't we, be here either yeah. after a while. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... Um, we're going to uh, kick off this new era in podcast, podcast fantasticity. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're going to kick off with uh, one of our early episodes. We did um, uh, one of the like greatest frontmen of all time, part one. Yeah, yeah. This is now going to be greatest frontman of all time, possibly greatest frontman of all time ever. Oh. At least in his mind. Boy, yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about W. Axel Rose. Bill Bailey, as was. Is that, was that his name, Bill Bailey? Well, William Bailey. Well, we're, we're, see, immediately, immediately, Because then it made me think You're of starting that. starting controversy, that bloke, spreading lies. No, it's suddenly in my head. And what, ripping what off came, the kids. What came into my head was Bill Bailey. Wasn't he the bloke who was on Strictly Come Dancing? I'm going to have to pour, keep talking. John. Okay. Bill Bailey, he's a kind of gnome-looking, gnomish-looking man with straggly hair. And, and he, you know, had one of those careers where you kind of know who he is. You see him on the TV from time to time. He does various, you know, quiz shows. Have I got news for you? All or right, you can QI. stop. QI. Bill Bailey, that... But then all of a sudden he was on Strictly Come Dancing and he won. And I thought, Bill Bailey, that, that is his name, isn't Let it? Let me Bill help Bailey. you here. Let me help you here. That guy on Strictly Come Dancing, that's not Axel. No, I know it's not Axel, but he's got the same name as Axel. Well, he's got one of the names Axel has had because Bailey was the surname of Axel's stepfather, L. Stephen Bailey. Oh, is he a bit like L. Ron Hubbard? 
Very similar. I mean, yeah. he was a Pentecostal minister Ooh. who uh, spoke in tongues, uh, believed in corp- is it corporal punishment. Beatings. Capital punishment is where Beating. you actually kill the fucker, right? Spare the rod, spoil, sp- spoil the child. Spoil the child. Well, let's just say Axel wasn't spoiled when he yeah. was a kid because L. Stephen would beat the crap out of him. Yeah. But that was his stepfather. Right. His real, real father, father. Bio, well, biological father, was William Rose. Okay, now I'm with you. So, in fact, William or Bill or Billy, whatever you want to call him, uh, has always been his name. Rose was his original uh, biological Rose father's by name. any other name. But because his mother uh, married L. Stephen... Yeah. Um, it's not, we're, we're, let's make this clear. L. Stephen is the letter L. It's not, he's not sort of Mexican. <laughs> L. Stephen. El Stevano. El Stephen. Here he comes on his horse and he's like, you know. From the cartel. Yeah, yeah, from the Mexican not, not cartel. Not L. Stephen. Those guys don't put up with any shit. Talk about, you know, Axel not taking any shit. Your Mexican cartel guy. There's a guy you, you can't really negotiate yeah, with. El, El Capitano. Yeah, yeah. L. Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Negotiations were concluded swiftly. <laughs> when he made me an yeah. offer, I couldn't understand. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've kind of, uh, I don't really like to start at the beginning, but we've no, kind of boring, started boring. at the beginning. Yeah. Let, let's, let's establish some credentials here for Axel Rose, okay, as one of the greatest frontmen of all time, possibly the greatest. Yeah. So, well, it depends first on your all, criteria, doesn't it? Well, let's establish some criteria. I'm not saying he is. I'm no, saying okay, good. his fans are so fanatical. You can say that about all rock fans, but I think Axl Rose's fans, a significant proportion of them, are they're almost like Trump supporters, you know, in the sense that yes. he can, whatever he does, he, he was it Trump said I could shoot someone dead on Fifth Avenue and I'd get away with it? I, you can just grab them by the pussy and That's they won't do anything. <laughs> well, especially if you've just shot them on yeah, Fifth yeah. Avenue, there's yeah. not much they're going to do. Yeah. Um, in the sense that, you know, whatever he does, they are able to justify it. And, I, and, I, and yes, of course, you can say that about lots of singers and their fans. But in the case of Axl Rose, here's a guy who isn't, in inverted commas, crazy like Ozzy Osbourne or yeah. um, a wild shaman out there on the periphery like Jim Morrison. Yeah, Ian Asprey. <laughs> Even better. Even better. <laughs> that wild it, child. Yeah. Ian and his yeah. fire woman. Yeah, yeah. Wolf yeah. child, yeah, call, call me wolf child, for that is my name. You won't get a better lyric than that. <laughs> Axel's not done a better one than that. No, I don't think yeah. Axel's ever been wolf child. No. But there's still time. Yeah, well, I don't know. Oh, oh. Time's running I, short, Frank. I don't detect a note of cynicism. No, I just think Axel's kind of one of those guys who's, who's over the years has come to take himself more seriously. And he didn't take himself that lightly in... In the beginning, did he? I was going to say, did he ever not yeah, take himself yeah. seriously? But I think as the years have gone on... He's become you know, some, even more some serious. People, some people become a knowing caricature of themselves, don't they? Right, And it's right. kind of fun when they do it. You know, you might say Tom Jones or someone. Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah they kind of embrace the fact that that, that that persona is what people want to see. Mm. 
Whereas Axel, I don't, I don't, you know, to me, that's not what he's done over the years. He's become more, more sort of serious and Eddie Vedder like. Yeah, I mean, I, I would an say an artiste. He is an artiste. Mm. I, I think he's the most serious rock star I've ever met, ever known, ever ever worked but with. But do you not think to get back to your criteria? What we're talking about in terms of criteria is he's a brilliant rock star. That's the reason he's brilliant. He's not the best singer. I mean, he's an okay singer. He's got a slightly strange voice. Well, he's you got can, more than one you, voice. You can, yeah, fair. you can identify his voice straight away. You're not sort of going, well, he's like Ronnie Dio or something. You know, he's 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 you can. I, no one. No. No one. No one was like. No one no. is. But, like but I mean, Ronnie you too. You know, Ronnie Dio, Tony the Cat, Martin, all those guys. All the greats. All the greats. But, All your vocal grades. Uh, yes, but equally, he's not like David Lee Roth, where it's purely about the showmanship. You know, he's kind of in that that middle ground as a as a vocalist. Yeah, he's probably in the, kind of in that middle ground as a writer. You know, the, probably the real kind of genius writer in Guns was Izzy. You know, he would come up with the with the real memorable bits a lot of the time. But you know, where where he is amazing is. At his peak, he was the greatest rock star on earth. Everything about him was fantastic. He was mad. He was rich. <laughs> he were, you know, he did whatever the fuck he wanted, and he didn't care who knew about it. That, to me, was the glory of Axl Rose. And then he disappeared. Yeah. Like all great rock stars, he disappeared for 10 years. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm trying to think of other badass singers. There, of course, are many. Um but I don't know, like say, like Phil Lynott from Thin Lizzy yeah, yeah. was regarded as you know um, famously uh, when roadies would apply for the job, he wouldn't ask them what other bands they'd worked with or what their skills were on the desk or lighting. It was, can you fight? Yeah. And if they could yeah. fight, they were they halfway really, to get the yeah. job. That's not Axel. Um, or uh, crazy, like I mentioned, Ozzy, or, or you know, people that we regard as, wow, he's really out there. That ain't Axel. Yeah, he's more out there. I, I don't, I don't like that word crazy because I, I like the word crazy, but I don't think it applies to Axel. But no, it's not the Ozzy sense or the Motley Crue sense. It's not you know, Motley Crue. This yeah. is not a wild man of rock. Yeah, this is a deeply troubled yeah. man. Yeah, very much so. Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in that regard. Even when he's entirely wrong and to the point of self-harming either himself or his career, he's still right. Oh, because that's right. Yeah, because those kind of great acts of self-sabotage that he so yeah. constantly pulled off actually made him greater. He got to that point where if, no matter what he did, it made him bigger. So if he turned around and said, I'm not playing in a city that begins with P right. because my spirit guide has told me that, that this is ridiculous yeah. you know it kind of made him even bit it was like oh wow but, why has he done that but you know but you know why that is i think is because it was genuine it yes, was yeah honest. yeah it wasn't put on yeah it wasn't yeah. Oh, he really uh, did think if he played in a city that began with yeah. p i think it was m wasn't it wasn't it m it, it was wasn't lemmy once said to me uh, I hate those rock stars. It's like, oh, no one leaves the room till we find David's glove. You know, <laughs> when, when you and I have met many, yeah, many, yeah, many yeah, like that. Yeah. That ain't Axel. Yeah. yeah. But Axel was likely to be no one leaves this room until we've had a urine sample. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and he we've was checked he, your personality. Exactly. He profile. was going down that road of all the kind of huge 
uh, you know, the Michael Jackson route, you might call it. Or Elvis. Where, where, yeah, where reality just no longer plays a role. Well, he, he has a new reality. A new reality takes its place. Absolutely. He has, his, yeah. and, and, yeah. but it is reality. Yeah. yeah. Is my point. Well, yeah, in that, you know, Neverland was reality to Michael Jackson. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, you know, well, yeah. I, I hear no. I hear what you're saying. I just think um, Axel has his own peculiar, peculiar in the in the finest sense of the word, meaning unique, specific. Um, I don't mean oddball. Mm. I mean very specific reality, which my feeling is um, that is. Reality for Axel. Oh, yeah, to him, it's, it's again, it goes like, back to the, the cities beginning with a certain letter. He genuinely, yeah, I'm going to get past well, no, that. Because he genuinely <laughs> didn't want to do it. You know, it, it, but because to, he to, believed yeah, it would be exactly, a bad thing. Exactly. To him, it made perfect sense. Right. I suppose that's what we're trying to say. Mm. But I don't think it started like that. I mean, I think, as we've said on, on several of these podcasts, when you look back now with a kind of 2020 eye on the background of a lot of the guys who were around in the, in the, in the mid-1980s, they did have these really difficult troubled lives mm. that now we would say okay i understand why you behave that way because you know you've had this trauma and, it and you're trying he, to deal with it and it wasn't as if he kept it quiet no i mean no um a lot of these guys you have to dig real deep to to find out what that moment was yeah. that made them whereas special that, well, put it that way exactly whereas with axel it did become apparent quite quickly but what i'm thinking but he, of, I mean, he always talked about exactly, he talked about yeah. childhood abuse he talked about the therapy he was he in. did but this was this was kind of i think and necessarily this was after appetite became big i would say to the to the kind of general population because it had this kind of terrific anger to it that made it real i mean what i was thinking about when i was was coming over here was starting off at i remember starting at kerrang and this was about i started in 1987 so it's about the time they're, they're coming along and appetite I, was released in july August, july so, so i started in about i think february or march so it was before it had come out and i remember clear as day clear as a bell me old gun <laughs> going to the office and the office was in what they now call the Black Cat Building. If you go to Mornington Crescent Tube in London. Northland. Yeah, opposite the Tube. Near it? Camden Town. Yeah, near over. Camden Town. It's at the bottom of bottom of Camden High Street. Opposite the massage parlour, <laughs> yeah. which I never went in. There, there were, yeah, I don't think that's there anymore. I don't think. Only one way I to find out. Yeah, I don't know. Kids wear a mask. There's a huge kind of, um, it was a former factory. And it has two giant, uh, it has stairs going up to it. It's like cigarettes. Cigarettes, a grand staircase going up to it. Two big black cats, uh, Egyptian cats sat outside, black cat building. And as you go in, the odd thing about the black cat building was it's hollow in the middle. So it was like a square that you would, you could only walk around the outside of it. I remember going into the Kerrang office. One of the first people I run into, I've been there, you know, a couple of days or whatever, doing whatever I'm doing, Malcolm Dome. And Malcolm comes in ranting and raving about two bands. And you'll laugh until you... Uh, A.K.A. Mad, mad Malcolm Dome. He's got two cassettes. He's, a, he's, he's doing his million miles an hour talking to Jeff Barton, the editor. <laughs> going, oh, and I've got this and I've got this. And, it, and he puts the two tapes down. And one was Faster Pussycat. Ooh, and I one like was them. Guns and Roses. Yeah. And they were head to head. They were the two tapes that mm. at Kerrang! people were trying to get hold of to listen to because you'd heard that this is coming yeah. and this is good. Mm. And if anything, Faster Pussycat were maybe even slightly ahead because 
Tame Me Down, the singer ran the club in LA, the Cat House, I think it was called. So he was always kind of slightly famous. You know, his partner in the Cat House was Ricky Rackman, who was on MTV. And I think, I think I, I, it's a bit chicken and egg for me. I, I think Ricky uh, began hosting Headbangers Ball after the Cat House. Something but I'm like, probably whatever, wrong. Whatever Sorry, it was, Ricky. But if they I'm were wrong. kind of they were people that were a bit more known than Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I think we I remember again seeing of Guns and Roses was that classic black and white promo shot. Yeah that the record company sent out. And it, it was, you know, Axel in the middle in the cut-off T-shirt and he was kind of killer thin back in those days. And Slash, don't even know if Slash had the top hat at that point. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, can't really remember. But they were all sort of looked kind of like cowboy guys, you know, they looked really good and heard the record and it was great. And then they turned up to play the Marquee shows and that was their first sort of... That was it? Although I tell you what, funny, I'd forgotten about Faster Pussycat. I remember hearing Appetite for the first time. Um, I'd had the single It's So Easy, which I yeah. thought was great. And then I listened to Appetite and I got I got waylaid by what to me were the obvious influences, which when you're in your 20s, this stuff really matters. You, you kind of feel mm. like you've heard it all before. Well, you're trying to, what you're trying to do is set it in context, aren't you? You're hearing this buzz about these bands. And it's not as if it was just Faster Pussycat and Guns N' Roses. There were loads of other bands as well. So all the time you're trying to grab hold of those and go, OK, I understand this. It's a bit like that. I understand this. It's a bit like this. That's the nature of criticism. Well, my, my feeling that- was that I, got, I, I could see... I could see where the strings on the puppets were. Yeah. But younger people could only see the puppets and that is the way of the world. But nevertheless, it tainted my initial reaction to it because I found it at that... (laughs) I feel foolish saying it now, but I found it at that moment quite derivative. You know, you're talking to a guy right now who's a big Iggy Pop fan, a a guy who loved the New York Dolls, a guy who loved... um, First time around, MC5 or yeah, see, early I, Zeppelin. I, I, all that stuff meant nothing to well, because me. Because you're too young, my boy. It was too really young. Like, but when I heard it, because it's one of that, when they, you know, when you, you kind were of, like 20 or something yeah, when yeah, it yeah. came out. But you know, when you kind of backtrack on influences and you, you, you find a band you like, let's take Guns N' Roses as an example, and, and they go, yeah, and our influences. I mean, you hear the Queen influence or the whatever, which comes along maybe slightly later, but. They go, oh, it's the MC5 and the Stooges. And you go and listen to them and you go, but that's crap, <laughs> but that's rubbish. That's not, you know. No, I know. Because I know. you can't uh, you're, reproduce you're right. that. You're you absolutely can't right. Yeah. I'm just explaining why I initially... I, and I completely... What you're so, saying is, I was old, man. You're saying I was old. <laughs> I came into the office, they said, hello, Mick, do you want your cup of tea now? I said, not until you play Wishbone Ash, (laughs) Argos, side three. Side three and side four. Yeah. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. And then come and talk to me about... Then talk to me about tea. Tea, exactly. (laughs) Um, So what I was trying to set up was the fact that... um, because the marquee, it was all old hat when I, to you. When I used to go to the marquee, when I used to go to the marquee, listen, listen. He's now going to he's band. now going to tell you he went to the marquee. Mick Wall didn't go to that. Not unless there was <laughs> a lived, limo. I lived not at the fucking a, marquee for oh, ten what, years before you yeah, came along. Exactly in the ten years when I was there, <laughs> Mick Wall didn't go to the marquee. Well, Mick Wall, were you there the night? <laughs> well, let me ask you, you this: Did Guns and Roses? Did Guns and Roses ever play the marquee again? Uh, Neither did Mick Wall. Oh, yeah, good point. I was going to say to you, do you remember the night? 
talking of influences and so on. Tiger Tales. Do you remember Tiger Tales? The Welsh glam rock I remember rock you had a thing with their guitarist, Pepsi. Pepsi, he was the best You were like player. Shirley. Oh, <laughs> Shirley. Pepsi. Pepsi was a lovely guy. Sadly, no longer with us. We're a really nice guy. Um, but they had a singer called Stevie James, who was, uh, a, you know, an Axl Rose type. And, uh, In what way was he an Axl well, Rose Well, he was a wannabe, a wannabe. He was an Axl Rose wannabe. He had the sort of sticky-up hair and the cut-off T-shirt. <laughs> Everybody had sticky-up hair it ended there. T-shirts. It ended... Yeah, but how long did Axel keep it for? Not long. That's what I was going to say about those promo shots. By the, even probably by the time they arrived at the marquee, they ditched that. Because it was too hard to, to do the to hair. Keep, yeah, to keep doing it. He yeah, used to yeah. have Biatches doing his yeah, hair for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, um, And... You know, quite quickly, uh, and I know as someone that used to have sticky up hair, not like Axel, because yeah. that was you yeah, know, no, you that did. You had that. You had the. You I did had have, the what's called a layered. Um, uh, well, we can't even call it a mullet these days. No, 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 mulleted. No, 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 Break my heart, my no, keep breaking no. heart. One of those. <laughs> No. As seen on numerous ice hockey players. No, in my case, it was more of a Rod Stewart. <laughs> it was more of a Rod Stewart. Of course it was. It was much of more of a Rod, Rod Stewart. But as it started to thin, as my experience of life increased, yeah, yeah. you can't keep pushing it up. So you've got to push it Push down. it down, yeah. And I think that's what happened That was pro- probably what was already... But to, to finish off the Stevie James thing, I think the, the year, that era of the marquee in Wardour Street was coined by the night Stevie James chased Malcolm down Wardour Street with a plank of wood. <laughs> what for? Over, I was over, oh, God, who a knows? Review, a review, probably. Something he'd said. Yeah, yeah. But that was the scene on Wardour Street. You would, you know, the, the marquee was, was the opposite, was the... Um, that was the terrible restaurant, the Swiss restaurant that had the bar upstairs. San Moritz. Oh, San Moritz. San Moritz. It had the bar upstairs, didn't it? And yeah, I nearly got into restaurant. a fight there one yeah, night. Yeah. yeah. And then the pub. Was it the, the ship? ship? The ship. There was yeah. a ship and there was another one. Uh, yeah. The Intrepid Fox. Intrepid Fox. The Intrepid Fox. The Intrepid Fox. And it was like a little scene. Mm. So when Guns N' Roses walked into this, mm. it was like, it was kind of like, if you went to a UFO convention and an actual UFO landed <laughs> and, you know, aliens got out and it would be like, oh, my... So, you know, the whole influence of this scene and, and the, the English and British kids trying to ape the scene by having their hair up and playing their version of glam metal, you know, all of a sudden into this come the real deal themselves guns and roses you and know. you could tell they were the real deal yeah, i mean to, yeah. to, to get back to this story i've been trying to tell oh sorry were you trying to tell a story <laughs> is it about your Did hair you read or is the it... tweets saying john keeps interrupting i don't know i only read the tweets that said what a fantastic singer <laughs> that was the tweet i read what a wonderful so, voice other than the marquee, which I occasionally would uh, go back secretly to, yeah. like a secret gig, I would, yeah, yeah. I would go secretly. I'm not. You ain't seen. They'd me. rush you in with a, a little. They blanket would with a with a head. blanket yeah. over my head. That's yeah. right. Um, um, so I, I go up to Manchester. Funny enough, with Mad Malcolm, yeah, and a couple of other lunatics, we drive up to Manchester for the first show of the Guns N' Roses slash Faster Pussycat. UK tour, yeah. which was seven shows, none of which were remotely sold out. We went to the Manchester Apollo, which is a theatre, and all of the top section was closed. 
and uh, you didn't have to stay in your seats. So everybody just went down the front. So it felt good, unless you actually turned round and yeah, looked yeah, around yeah. you, like empty crickets, you know. Um, Faster Pussycat come on first. And, of course, I've heard some of their records, seen the pictures. Got your number on the bathroom bathroom wall. (laughs) Great song. Um, Great I thought they were absolutely fantastic. No, they were fantastic. (laughs) They were so fantastic, I thought, should we leave? Yeah. Guns and Roses. They're not going to be that good. No, not as this. It's not like this. Not as good as 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 Faster Pussycat. Are you joking? Tie me down. Tie me all down, mate. Tie me down, kangaroo. So, and um, Brent Muscat. Yeah, Brett Muscat. Man, now you're, see, now you're, you know you're talking. Talk. They could have combined Probably and bad. called it Guns and Pussycats well, or I think Faster that, Roses. Yeah, I think in everyone's mind that was kind of... They could have done. So Faster Pussycat finish to an enormous... A reception. Reception. Yeah. Ovation. Rece- an ovation. An ovation. A standing O. We were already standing, yeah. but we added the O. A standing O, as Derek Smalls calls it. Absolutely. Uh, they still do now. Yeah. When I was on tour with Thunder last year, we got a standing O every night. <laughs> we did. It's fantastic. Well, Thunder... My job was standing on, on the stage going, shut up, oh. shut up, shut up, shut up. Say, I think Thunder got a standing ovation. I don't know if you, you got oh. What were you doing, vocals or what? Oh. Well, no, me, Danny and Luke. Uh, okay, me old meat. Me old meat. Yeah. Anyway, we are, we are digressing. So, I'm like, fuck this. Seen the best band, time to go home. Yeah. Because don't forget, I'd We're seen in Manchester, a million, mate. You... I'd rocked a million towns <laughs> and, and rocked them all in those days. Yeah. Like, don't need this. But Mad Malcolm is like, no, no, got to stay, got to stay, got to yeah, stay. Because he was the, he was the, you know, he was the one who was, was obsessed the guy. with He was them, the yeah. guy, yeah. Um, but then Malcolm was also the guy for Man of War and yeah, Dumpy's yeah. Rusty Nuts. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, there wasn't a huge quality filter there. No. Um, but when he was right, God damn, yeah, he was God, right. He was right, yeah. And he was right about Guns N' Roses. He certainly fucking yeah, was. So yeah. they come on, and I can't believe it, because to me, Faster Pussycat were, you know, nine out of ten. You, you know. Yeah. KKK. Yeah, KKK and a half. Yeah, yeah. They were KKK, hang on, KKKK and, and a, three quarters. Yeah, almost the five. Seven, eight. Yeah. And then Guns N' Roses come on. And take it all the way to 11. Yeah. They were K, 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 <laughs> and a couple more. Yeah, a couple more for luck. Just for luck, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. They come on and mind truly blown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all kidding aside, I had seen a million gigs. Mm. The first 500,000 bands no one had ever heard of. So I know what it's like to see nobody's. And, and, and tell who's good and who might have something. It was always a matter of opinion. Guns and Roses came on. It wasn't a matter of opinion. Yeah. It, it, they just were amazing. It To me, it was like the only equivalent I could think of at the time, uh, and that's just in my imagination because I was too young to have been there, but it was imagining trying to imagine what it would have been like seeing Led Zeppelin for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know, or someone like that, you know. Um so afterwards, we go backstage and uh, every one of... course he did. Of course he went backstage. Of course. He, he wanted to go home an hour earlier. Well, I... Now I, it's all I, like, oh, hi, actually. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you what happened. I walk up and here comes Slash in top hat with bottle of Jack Daniels in hand. Hey, man, Ooh, Malcolm, hug, hug, you mm. know. Um, 
Izzy uh, uh, wanted to see if he could have a toke on my joint. Yeah. I'll leave you to figure out what that means, children. Um, Duff was just drunk and... Incoherent. Yeah, basically very yeah. incoherent. Lovable yeah. in that kind of adorable puppy. Sort of bass player t- type way. Yeah. yeah. You're not, thinking, he's not the man. No, no. He's not the man That's I That's not get who to. needs my attention. Exactly, exactly. Well, let me put it another way. That's not someone deserving yeah. yet of, of my, my attention. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when you want a cover story, boys, <laughs> this is who you come and see. So next thing, Stephen Adler comes up to me, and he goes, yeah. "Dude, like yeah. for, Stephen, this is me, dude, dude. Where can I get some fucking quaaludes, man?" <laughs> and I'm, think, I'm thinking, two "This things. is England, mate. You know, well, you know the fucking for, quaaludes." Two things was my first reaction was actually quaaludes. Do they still do yeah. quaaludes? Because that was like a seventies thing <laughs> yeah. in America. And then I thought, even in the 70s, you couldn't, you couldn't get quaaludes in the UK. You could get something called Mandrax, which was yeah. by 87 yeah. Bear. But, I mean, um, quaaludes, weren't they the sort of thing? They were prescribed to sort of housewives and things, weren't they, who were having a terrible time. It, uh, rock stars got them by nicking them off their mums have got into them, you know. And, and they just turn you into a kind of a, ooh, you know, zombie-type figure. That's what I like. But you're floating about. on... Floating on air, man, if you're on Quaaludes. You're not kind of... It's not a cocaine-type high. Come, come, come closer to the mic. Come cocaine. On. I want to hear yeah. from this drug expert about the differences <laughs> between never taken Quaaludes any of them. and cocaine. As I, as I understand it, from the physician's desk reference. <laughs> so I explained to Stephen that um, you can't get Quaaludes anymore. Man, bummer! Wow, yeah. you know. I said, but you can get uh, mandrakes. Cool, got mm. any mandrakes? I said, no, I don't personally. Per- and at eleven o'clock at night in Manchester yeah. on a Tuesday, yeah. I don't think there's an enormous chance of finding any. Bummer, man! Whoa, give me the thumbs down. Whoa, I'm like, okay, had enough of this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and we're getting ready a lot, to leave. A lot of people did have that reaction to Stephen. <laughs> Not, no sign of axe. By the way, love Stephen. But I, I was on yeah, first yeah, no, no, good guy. But no, I've just said that kind of mm. again, overwhelming puppy doggish. Very charm. much so. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. No sign of Axel. Uh, but I'm not bothered. I mean, I don't know any of them. So, and it's all going off at once, you know. Uh, and at this point, eighty-seven. You know, probably my last time backstage had been the week before with Def Leppard or Bon Jovi or. White Snake or people that clearly yeah. did sold albums did party hard, yeah. but not in front of the journalists. Or if they yeah. did, I, that's why so many of my stories used to refer to people being drunk because you couldn't say they were high. Uh, it's like a code. Well, because drunk was legal and funny, and ha ha, we got hammered, you know, yeah. as opposed to <laughs> having a bad cold. David. No one leaves yeah. till David finds his razor blade. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so for me, it was exciting because people didn't talk about drugs. I mean, one of the very first things Slash said to me was how he just fucked some porn star and he's worried he got AIDS. Yeah, I'm like, well, my name. There's a co- there's my a conversation. Mick. Very starter. nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very nice to meet you. Yeah, just man. making the usual chit chat. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I just fucked a porn star. Yeah. And I'm worried I've got AIDS. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, uh, yeah. What was her name? Yeah. <laughs> have we have seen any of her films? Have we met? I'm yeah. sorry. Um, 
I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure it's yeah. deep inside. Yeah, inside she's fine. Lovely. Yeah. Not actually inside. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You, I don't know. You're the drug guy. Well, you I mean, tell you me. Know, in the end, she slash is still with us, so we presume the emergency was passed a, a, by. A, a, averted. It was averted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're just going. In my memory, the dressing room was upstairs. So we're going to say it was upstairs. It's quite normal in a theatre, and um, we're leaving. So I'm just about to go down the stairs, and coming up the stairs is W. Axel Rose. Little, and like little. It's it, like seeing Ronnie Dio come up the it stairs. It was a little bit, he? yeah. a little tiny bloke. And also he's kind of hunched, hunched over. Hunched up, little tiny hunched up. Because so, so so a lot of them are very small, you know. Well, yeah, him right. in particular, he was a bit like yeah. a Thunderbird puppy. Yeah, big head, big head tiny little body. body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He could have been in the cause. Did you ever see the cause? The I three thought, girls and the... oh yeah, I thought well, that's who you I thought you meant, and then I thought no, he didn't say the cause. The cause, the three well, they always had really Amazonian, heads. really attractive women, and the bloke. Oh, they weren't Amazonian. Only the heads. Well, were I Amazonian. mean, yeah, the yeah, bodies I, I, were I kind of doll-like, right? I'm told. <laughs> and then they had the brother who ended yeah. up marrying a girl that he's, looked like one of the sisters. Yeah, and he's what's got, going on there? He's a not so conspiracy theorist bloke now. Hey. I just thought All I can tell you there. is he married a girl that looked exactly like his three six yeah. sisters. Yeah, but if your sisters look like the cause, I'm like, come on. <laughs> it's not like he married a girl that looked like his sister and she looked like Hattie Jakes, you know. No, no. Okay. Um, so here comes Axel. Introductions. And and he So he wasn't scurrying to get somewhere. I imagine when you said he was coming up the stairs, he was sort of because he always had that sort of very determined Intense, look, look yeah. on his oh, face. No, he like was, he's trying to, yeah. fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, no, he like, I'd exactly imagine he was like scurrying that. up the stairs. He was. Yeah. No, that's exactly what was happening. But he sees Malcolm, who's just a step ahead of me going down the stairs. And um, he struck me as the most sober, the most sensible, the easiest to talk to, the kind of nicest and well-mannered. Big fuss of Malcolm. Thank you so much, you guys on Kerrang. Everything you've done for us. It really means a lot. Thank you. Oh, this is uh, Mick Wall. Oh, man, so great to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. Mick's going to be reviewing tonight. Oh, well, you know, come to another show because we weren't that great tonight, you know. Just really very nice. In other words, man. exactly how he stayed for the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in fairness to Axel, um, I did... You were a real dick to him, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he wrote Get in the Ring. Because he's a dick, man. You remember that time you coming down the stairs, you blew him off. Yeah. 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 You blew it. He I said, went, hey, what's you your name? Were... Ax. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm reviewing tonight, and it wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> yeah, I am reviewing yeah. tonight, yeah. but... Faster I... Pussycat were great. Yeah, I, th- I thought you I were I saw good, Faster but... Pussycat, and mm. I thought, no one's going to better that tonight. And I was right. Yeah, exactly. And guess who was right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so scurry yeah. on up the stairs. Yeah, you scurry up the stairs. Yeah, scuttle. Bill. Scuttle up the stairs, Bill. Bill. Yeah. Little, you're a little bloke. Ronnie Dio, <laughs> Blaze Bailey, Bruce Dickinson, all of those, they're all little. Axel, tie me down. He's, I mean, he... Tie me down was another huncher. Yeah, I mean... He, he had the shoulders. Yeah. I always felt if he stood up thought, straight, he'd be a lot taller. Yeah, probably. A bit, you know, I think he was... It's sort of like Marilyn Manson, who was quite big, but always kind of hunched over, you know, always that sort of like he just Hang had on, a, tie me had down was like Marilyn Manson. It. Don't you think they kind of look vaguely alike? They've got sort of long noses and, you don't know. 
I don't know where you're going with this. I don't, I just think they kind of look a bit... <laughs> they're archetypes, you know. I've never seen this pair of them in the same room. Well, Tie Me Down did have a phase where he went completely goth after the whole hair metal thing didn't pan out. He sort of went a bit sex dungeon, you know, in the way the way this unfortunately recurred on <laughs> Marilyn Manson. Okay. Um, Let's get off that I, I, subject. I, 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 Axel um, was small. I'm anyway. not going to say I got to know him, but I got to see him because I, I ended up going to LA not long after that and sort of staying there for a while. Um, no. Slash was the one I Slash was Surely the one I got not. to know, which will reprise reprise that story another time. But Axel, you'd always see him around. Yeah. I mean, compared to a few years later, where no one had seen him forever. Yeah. He was always around. He was always at the Rainbow. Uh, he always showcased gigs at the Roxy. He would turn up Cat House, of course. Um, and he'd always be with his half brother Stuart, who I did get to know a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Del James, so his little entourage that yeah. probably he still has. Um, and I, I, my strong gave, feeling gave, was that he was a good guy. I liked him. Yeah. Gave, I thought he was talented. He gave Del a job writing the lyrics, didn't he? <laughs> Threw him a bone every now and again. Uh, I don't know what you're I'm on sure about. He, no, he, he got a co-writing credit. I know he did. Yeah, well, there you go. He got $300,000 on that see there, there's the see now we're getting to it folks <laughs> gather around the microphone now you're going to hear the real stories are going to come out now Dell was a good guy he is a good guy is he still alive yeah okay cool. is he still alive well, i don't know you said he was a good guy i thought yeah that doesn't mean he's dead <laughs> just like axel was a good guy for a while let's no, no, get I'm on to the about bit, in those let's days. get on to the bit where axel was a bad guy I never because thought... I, because I think well, the one thing we don't need to talk about is how big appetite gets so quickly. Yeah, we know that. And we've spoken before about what happened at Donington on a previous episode, and we've kind of and we've spoken about use your illusion. Listen, Axel. if you want to hear about all of mm. those things, mm. look at the little list of get your rocks <laughs> off, and it'll tell you what what episode it's in, and they're all well, great. Let me they're tell you about great. Axel, the man that I got to know a little bit. Axel, this is to this side of his autobiography. Axel Rose, the man I knew, by Mick Wall. <laughs> <laughs> or did he know me? Yeah, I, yeah. I, it was one or, way or the other. That's the first line. Dot dot dot. <laughs> or did he know me? Did we ever? Did really... I? Did I find the darkness, yeah. or did the darkness, darkness find? Me? Yeah, that's a Jimmy Page yeah. line. Silly, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I, I liked him. Sounds like a he Del struck James me line. As, he struck me as. Someone um, he, uh, whose musical tastes were very similar to mine in the sense that he cabaret. wasn't going to talk to you about... The cabaret end of rock. <laughs> it wasn't going to talk <laughs> to you about... Elton John, Queen. Come on, what influences apart from that? Queen, Elton John, 10cc, Bowie, ELO. Me and yeah. him are both ELO oh, big God. fans. Really don't like ELO. El Dorado, that's the album you need to check out. I'm not going to be checking it yeah, out. You, you, next I, time announce we talk, it now. Next time we talk, we'll be doing a special on El Dorado. <laughs> I guarantee you I won't have listened to it. Can I'm quite happy to talk about it. Get you out of my head. <laughs> See, this is like him and Axel sitting backstage going... Oh, can't get you out of my head. Now let's do some Elton. <laughs> Goodbye, Norma Jean. <laughs> no, Axel's oh, he... favourite Elton song was... Rocket bum, Man. Bum, no? Bum, 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 bum. Run, dun, 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 d
Benny. Oh, really? Was Benny. It? I don't like that. That's not his best Benny. one, in my view. Benny, Benny. and the Jets. <laughs> I did a, I used to do a show on Capital Radio in London. Yeah, and, and you did that one. And I interviewed him for the show. But we also had this second segment called Let's Go Back to Your Childhood, where uh, listeners would write in and give us three songs from their childhood yeah. and we would play, play them with a bit of juice in between. And so we did one for Axel. What are the three tracks? Because he really wanted to be reminded of his childhood. Hey, he spoke eloquently. Yeah. Uh, when it came to music, these are the tracks no, that I got know, him to sit down. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, so I've told you one was Benny and the Jets by Elton John. Yeah. What are the other two? Oh, that's that's a good one because you because you're now going back to that era. It's the seventies. Yeah, a yeah. Clue. So it's been, the 70s. Yeah, no, no, but early seventies. Early, early to, to mid. mid. Early to mid. Early to mid. And Axel's in the middle of where did he grow up? It was. Uh, uh, Lafayette, Lafayette, Indiana, Indiana, bumfuck Indiana. Exactly. So it's not as if you know cool bands are passing through. No, but the local radio, you know, in America in those days, the Midwest, it was it was uh, a, a stream uh, rock classics that single, yeah, singles. Singles, there's a clue that would have got in the chart. I, 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 I'm uh, going to have to stop you there yeah, and tell on, you because just, I see this not. It's not going to get. It's not going to get anywhere. I'm not in love. Oh, okay, yeah. So don't forget it. It's just, just a silly face I'm going through. I'm not in love. No, no. Just that little English. Because, because. That one, yeah. You're a rocket queen. I thought you were going to go. You're the one that I want. <laughs> That was his other favourite. Big Grease fan. Big Grease fan. Yeah. Him and Olivia. Same hair. <laughs> yeah. um, no. Uh, so that was 10cc. I'm not in love. He loved that. Um, and 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 here here's my contribution to art. He didn't know how to pronounce the title of the other one. He really loved of the three yeah. he chose. In a Gada de Vida. No. Okay. As he put it, Led Zeppelin, Dire Maker. Oh, okay, really. From Houses of the Holy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had to tactfully explain it's not pronounced dire maker, it's Jamaica. I was, I, I was told by a very distinguished novelist that you should never take the piss out of someone who mispronounces something they've only ever read. It's because they've not heard it pronounced. I didn't take the piss. No, 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 I'm just saying that's a general rule. I think it's a really good rule to follow. Because quite often you you know you read something and you just internalise it by reading it and that becomes the way you think about it. Yeah. So I remember I used to that. read a lot of um, Henry Miller, and many many years later, um, that writer is it Goethe? Goethe? You spell it? G-O- oh, go- yeah. Again, there's another one. Yeah, well, Goethe, which you don't know how to, you would necessarily I, pronounce. Yeah. I was reading Henry Miller in the early eighties. And then in the early 2000s, in the classic rock office one day, I said to someone, who do you think you are? Goed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. no one understood. I went, Goed. Yeah. I thought, oh, none of them have read Henry Miller. They're all fucking idiots. And Sean, who did a double degree in English and American, yeah, yeah, yeah. she goes, oh, you mean Goethe? Yeah, yeah. 
But it's because you've never heard sack, anyone say it. You've only read it. And the same way he's a only, fucking sacking you know, offence. Yeah, Axel's just sat in his room reading Jamaica. In fairness, I thought it was Dyer Maker for years yeah, as well. Yeah. I didn't realise they were making a little joke. A pun, on, yeah. But I mean, it's do an, you it's make a, a Jamaica? Yeah, yeah. It's a reggae Jama- track, yeah. Jamaica. Yeah. But it's a kind it? of English, puns are sort of English type humour, aren't they? You don't get a lot of that in America. No. You get yeah. no, there's no humour in America. No, they're not funny. <laughs> there's no funny people in no. America. No. God, no. No. Let's, let's get that straight. Yeah. Maybe that's why Happy Axel days, took himself it. so seriously. Yes, because... No humour. Yeah. So those were his three. Yeah. So... Some sense... So, okay, so my point is, it wasn't Black Sabbath, no. Deep Purple... No, I get it, yeah. And, uh, you know, Wishbone Ash or something, yeah. you know. It, it, when they opened Fry and Maiden on their 88 tour... They got to LA, Axel suddenly had throat problems and he couldn't do the two shows at Irvine Meadows, which was like 17,000 people a show. Um, and, you know, it soon came out, there's nothing fucking wrong with him. He just would not appear in LA at that point, his hometown, the band's hometown, opening for Iron Maiden because he yeah. hated Iron Maiden. To yeah. him, they were everything he wasn't. Now, as you know, uh, I did not hate Iron Maiden but I understood where, as a, as a fan, culturally, you know, he, he, he is Zeppelin, he is the Stones, he is Elton, Bowie, Queen. He is not Sabbath, yeah. Maiden. Yeah, Judas Priest. Judas Priest, there you go. Per- perfect filling. Exactly, Thank you. John, yeah. Thank you. You've, you done, know something about yeah. it. You've done this before. Yeah. So I, I did empathise with him like that. It's like with Slash, he would always talk about how the first Aerosmith album was amazing and blah, blah, blah. But even Slash would talk about Chaka Khan, yeah. talk about um, all kinds of music that wasn't Kerrang-type yeah. rock and metal. And I think therein lies the success. One major component, not the only one, of course, but one major component, the difference between Guns N' Roses, say, and... L.A. Guns or Love Hate or Poison or Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, I know Nikki Six for a fact loved Bowie and Elton, all those people too, but their kind of frame of reference musically was far more at that end of the spectrum, which was to do with kicking ass. Yeah. Kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Where Axel's was uh, listening to well, the full version yeah, of Layla. Exactly. As particularly we, the instrumental yeah, yeah, bit yeah. at the end. Which is, as we saw as soon as they made Use Your Illusion and yeah. suddenly had the scope to indulge these fantasies. Right. And uh, I think, you know, we, as I say, we've spoken about Use Your Illusion, probably don't need to recover that ground, apart from to say this is around the time that your relationship with him became something else entirely. Yeah, and... and um, it was a real shame. I mean, uh, we're in my house right now and I can take you into my study and show you the gold records that I got from Guns N' Roses because I was considered, you know, very um, very much one of the team. Uh, GNR Lies, they yeah. gave me a lovely gold record. For co-writer. Basically co-wrote that record. <laughs> basically they were saying, so to, so to if it look, hadn't been for you, Mick... We wouldn't have done this record. We would never have made it. Yeah, yeah. And look at it now. Uh, yeah. No. Um... Was, they, that one uh, with, was that the one with Patience on? Yeah. Yeah, great. That was really yeah. good, wasn't it? Yeah. But in those days, I had a radio show, I had a TV show, I was writing yeah, for right, Craig. Right, right. No, no, what I mean You're is... You're not Axel Rose. No, no, no. The point I'm yeah, making is, yeah. is that um, they would have given these to other DJs yeah, yeah, or yeah, bloke yeah, at MTV yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't that I was their amazing friend... 
But I was definitely one of the good guys, particularly for all of them, uh, except Axel. Well, I was with Axel until the famous night when I get a phone call. It's gone midnight. Uh, get over here now. I've got something I want to say. I've just been reading this shit in Kerrang, which, funnily enough, I think was a story you wrote. Oh, really? I can't. See, it's your it's fucking <laughs> fault. It's, Axel, if you're listening... <laughs> It's him, not it, me. What, Axel. Not me. It was him, not me. You well, wrote the story about I've, Vince Neil. I haven't even got a clue what you're talking about. You fucking liar. <laughs> you are a GNR liar. Liar, liar. Vince, GNR look, on fire. Me and Vince weren't exactly top chums by this point. Not what I heard. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I heard you and him used to well, hang yeah, at the this was a, This would have been the same time Nikki Six wanted to physically kill me. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to physically yeah, kill you true. in those days, yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. Iron Maiden, everybody. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. It was a nice time to be alive. <laughs> it was a mark of respect. It was, yeah, it was seen as a mark of respect. <laughs> How many hits you had out on you. You wrote the story where Vince Neil clobbers Izzy Stradlin at the American Music Are you Award. trying to say that didn't happen? I'm trying to say you wrote the story. Yeah, because it Axel happened. Axel read the story, rang... And asked me to get my ass over there so he could give the correct version. And the correct version was <laughs> Vince wasn't the kind of guy you wanted to fuck with. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying I got the correct version, but I got a, I got Axel's version, and yeah. he was so furious. I mean, I walk into his apartment, and although they are now at this point, you know, they are Guns and Roses yeah. by now. Appetite has been number one, and blah blah blah. GNR Lies had come out a year before. This is this is eighty nine. This is beginning of nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I walk in, and he's it's not smashed up, but it's you know in a bit of disrepair. Maybe probably just untidy. You mean he, he didn't tidy up before you came round? <laughs> now what I mean is, it looked a bit <laughs> like he'd he's been so having a moment. Inhospitable. And uh, and he goes into one of his rooms and. Um, uh, I can hear him yelling and... Did he have leather trousers on? Oh, I don't know. Did he have trousers on? Because he was at Ooh, home kicking know. back. <laughs> he was at home kicking back. Kicking back. I'm just trying to get a picture in my head of... Okay. The, the way you painted him running up the stairs that time was good. I just trying to get a picture. Okay, now. this was different. Okay, yeah. so that time up the stairs, obviously he'd been on the stage and he showed yeah. the big hair in yeah, those yeah, days yeah. and all the gear. This is very straight hair, nondescript T-shirt that looked like he'd been wearing it for days. Yeah. I want to say tracksuit bottoms, but I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think please. that ever happened. No. Adidas tracksuit no, bottoms have got a Sports no, Direct. No. And sliders. <laughs> Tesco bounties. Yeah, yeah. No. But that was the vibe. So, so I know what it would be like. It would be like sort of Beastie Boys <laughs> um, iced tea type <laughs> tracksuit. Shiny tracksuit. No, I'm not saying he wore a tracksuit bottoms. I'm saying it you was did. that you kind of vibe. You definitely said a tracksuit. No, I said I, in I my said... head, he's now got a tracksuit <laughs> and a big gold ring yeah. with a coin yeah. in it. But the 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 the, <laughs> the legs. So you had to roll the legs up a bit because he's quite. Oh, you are. Anyway, I'm going to get John's uh, personal I'm, address later. I wouldn't be so scared. So you can get in the ring This with was Axel. the whole point. The whole ridiculous thing was Vince was the kind of guy you wouldn't want to have a fight with. Definitely he was not. a barrio type. Yeah, Karen. tough Mexican. Axel was the kind of guy. 
He'd be the kid at school in the playground who'd completely lose it <laughs> and windmill their arms around, That's you know. It, yeah. And you just had to kind of stay out of his way and you'd be all right. Yeah. yeah. Izzy told me the first time he ever became aware, because they went to school together, became aware of Axel. He said they were out in the, you know, going between classes in the hallway, loads of kids. I said, suddenly there was this big noise, like big <laughs> commotion. Yeah. And he turns around, it's, and it's like, it's like yeah, a cartoon yeah. where they're yeah. dust up and it's just clouds and arms yeah, and yeah, legs. Yeah. He said, and, and I could hear like, fuck you, fuck you. And then some books being thrown on the ground. Because next thing, this kid with red hair is just running past me. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, and that was the first time I ever Over became. Sort, yeah, he said, yeah. so when him and his band were looking for a singer, he goes, I thought, well, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he'd be good. He'd be good, yeah. And of course, very first audition, Axel does the mic drop after two numbers and runs out the door. <laughs> Fuck you guys, I'm never coming back. Yeah, because that's going, him. And that's he going, him. So he's not, so he's not like a sort of a... He'd have to wait to be a rock star to yeah, do that. No, no, that's no. just but, who he but, is. But the point we're getting across is he's, he's putting on a bit of a tough guy act, but at heart he's not a tough guy. He's not, that's not his character particularly. No, but I, see, I, don't, I don't think it is an act. I, I think it's not a tough guy act. I well, it was when he was going around all the guns and knives, motherfucker, all that stuff. Was He's not the sort of bloke who at heart is like that. Well, he, he didn't turn up you for know, the fight. Vince he didn't, did, and you know, he, he didn't. didn't. Exactly. I mean, some guys, you know. He needed to vent. I'll give you another example. Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi would, would knock you out. Mm. You know, there wouldn't be a dispute about it. it would but just he wouldn't be like, tell you. He wouldn't no, warn no, you. No, no, no. He wouldn't warn you. He's just one of those guys like, yeah. bang, yeah. a fighter, a yeah. natural sort of fighter type yeah. bloke. yeah. Vince is that sort of character. Uh, Axel's very much not that sort of character. You know, one of the guys that Tony Iommi, one of the music journalists that Tony Iommi punched the shit out. Of. Yeah. Don't forget, Tony Iommi's got hands like yeah, he's shovels. he's a fucking big guy, yeah, yeah. But he's got those hands. Yeah. They're literally like the size of baby seals. Yeah, yeah. Are they big? Full-grown yeah. seals. Yeah. Giant seals. On, his, on the end of his giant wrists. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like Mr. Crab in yeah. SpongeBob. Yeah. You know? And um, Alan Jones from The Melody Maker. Oh, did he? Great writer, yeah. big personality, known for his humour. <laughs> had written some ridiculously <laughs> yeah. hilarious review of Black Sabbath for Melody Maker in about 78 or something. Yeah. And um, a, a long story short, he gets invited to Iommi's house to do a follow-up interview. Right. And, uh, and Iommi says to him, Alan's like, I'll just set up my tape record. And Tony goes... First, I want, you to, you, I want yeah. you to come out to the garden. Yeah. So you know what it's like. Yeah, you just do it, don't right, you? I'll yeah, come yeah, to the garden. Yeah, yeah. And Alan said, as he was walking to the garden, Naomi was taking off his expensive watch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Took off his expensive watch because he's left-handed. Yeah. And as Alan goes, yes, Tony, what? He goes, smack! Yeah, yeah. Like a fucking pile driver straight in the face. Yeah. Alan's decked out. Yeah. <laughs> Make your own fucking way on. Fuck you, man. Yeah. And then Alan got... Punched a second time by Phil Liner. Oh, yeah, he's another bloke you wouldn't want to punch. Did I ever tell you this story? No, no, no. I was there for this one. It was fantastic. This is 79, 79, 80, whatever. The launch party for the Black Rose album. Yeah. So I'm working with Wild Horses, Brian Robertson and Jimmy Bain, uh, managed by the two Chrises who managed Lizzie. So we're all at the party. And, uh, And Phil Liner had this... Um, I mean, great man to hang out with, of course. But as an Irishman, he, he had this very kind of maudlin 
street yeah you come yeah, that, you know, the yeah. great the ballad of the hard yeah, the whiskey was in the jar the whiskey yeah, was in the jar yeah. and he would start talking about my people yeah and um he's giving it all this and jonesy who's welsh goes <laughs> well phil he goes um just to be clear which people are we talking about the blacks or the irish oh, oh dear he didn't say blacks yeah oh really yes yeah, yeah. he said a word we are no longer allowed to use but this is 79, when everybody used that word. He said, well, Phil, are we talking about the blacks or the Irish? And Liner, who also had fucking mm. hands like tree trunks, bass player. Yeah. He literally just turned around and went smack. And it was like in a cartoon because we were at the bar. And Jonesy literally just went backward all the way <laughs> the length of the bar with his <laughs> yeah. arms knocking everything flying. Yeah. And immediately people ran up to Phil going, you're right, Phil. <laughs> Anything we can do, mate. Get yeah. that fucker out of here. Yeah. No problem. Jonesy gets carried to the door. Yeah, chucked out. Poor yeah. Jonesy. Yeah. There's a great picture of Jonesy on his Facebook page where he's talking to Lou Reed when Lou Reed was Lou Reed in the 70s. And it's fantastic because Lou, Lou Reed always treated everybody like utter shit on his shoe. And he's standing there being Lou Reed. And then next to him is this red, sweaty, clearly drunken <laughs> Welshman who's like, ah, yeah. give him a real ear yeah, bashing. Yeah, yeah, telling yeah, him, yeah. I'll tell you another thing now, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Lou Reed's like, oh. yeah, yeah. Lou Reed wants to punch him, but he's just too cool. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't the word I was going to use, but he's a bit of an Axel. Yeah. yeah. He ain't a punching guy. He ain't a fighter. So, so you turn up at Axel's apartment or whatever yes, it is. Yes. You're slightly aghast at the state it's in. I mean, he's not tidied up. There's <laughs> washing up in the sink. He's wearing, if you can believe this, people, he is wearing a tracksuit. He's not right. wearing a fucking <laughs> tracksuit. I'm okay. saying it, the vibe was, yeah. I'm at home. The vibe was tracksuit. <laughs> He, he was probably wearing um, jeans. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what he was wearing because he sits down. He sat down. The coffee table is is covered in objets, mm. uh, including a, a fart ball. <laughs> so as he's talking to me, he's going, yeah, I got it. <clears throat> Talking to really deep. I can't do the one. Yeah. Deep. I can't do it. It's so deep. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Vince, guns are not. <laughs> so, and he's still... ranting about what's in Kerrang at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so he's, he's got the magazine itself yes. in front of him. Fucking guy says here, I fucking tell you, this is like my statement to the people, you know. Yeah. I said, why are you? He goes, it's for tension. <laughs> he goes, when I'm stressed, I squeeze this. <laughs> when I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm going, right. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. nice table, by the way. He goes, he goes, yeah, I won't do the voice because I can't. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's the third one I have had. I said, what happened to the first two? And first one went out that window. <laughs> yeah. And we're like on the 20th floor. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. Turns out it did. And yeah. the second one he just smashed up. Yeah. <laughs> second, one, like. second one he just didn't like. You get off yeah. the phone, it's been yeah. a bad call. We yeah. get a fucking hammer and smash, you, you smash your the table uh, $1,000 yeah. coffee table. Yeah, yeah. I just did that this morning, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day. Um, so we sit down and he does the big rant about Vince. I mean, he's begun before. I'm trying to set up and he's already going. Mm. I want to smash that plastic face, guns or knives, any way you want, any way you want to go, motherfucker, something like that. But here's the thing. That goes on for about two hours. And at the end of that, 
because we're now because because there's only so much ranting you can do, and after a while, you know, it's boring. So I'm I'm starting to seize the moment to get him to talk about other things. How are we doing for time, John? Um, well, fine. I... You don't know, do you? No. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to wrap it up soon. But I, well, but... but I'm the only thing I'm thinking is two-parter because we've barely touched on. All right, we're only up to the point where. You know, this is what's going to seed get in the ring in his mind. It is. It you know, is. And we, so we're only there. We've not even spoken about Alan Niven. We've not spoken no. about the Chinese democracy and the supreme yeah. madness of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a man Axel is. Even in disappearing, he provides material. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Let's give it another few minutes then, just yeah, to yeah, jump around. No, no, no. That's just it was just I was editori- editorially I was leaping ahead. <laughs> I was thinking, God, there's still this, there's still that. I like lo- I love this we stuff. Got, listen, I love dude, this stuff. Dude, we're gonna come back and do good. More good, pos- good. E- by the way, wanna... every week. Every week, still listening? Every week we're gonna do this. You we're lightweights gonna... that bail after the first ten when minutes. You tuned still in, here now. When you tuned in <clears throat> Thursday night, one minute after 12. You did not know Axel Rose was at home in his tracksuit get, getting ready to fucking start hating Mick Wall. Now you know that. I think you are spreading lies and GNR starting rumours. As I did with the Vince interview, which I completely made up. And you ripping off the Didn't key. even speak to Vince. Vince, you all right, mate? <laughs> Just didn't listen. Oh, he said something like... He wants to punch Axel or something. I don't know what he said. Or oh, did you interview him? I can't remember. I don't even remember you the story. You don't remember, for fuck's don't. sake. When you got, I mean, it was like years later when you were writing a, a book about Guns N' Roses and you said to me... One of oh, them. Yeah, you said to me, oh, yeah, it was all over that story you wrote. And I honestly, I honestly really? don't even remember really? the story. Perhaps your tracksuit bottoms were yeah. a little too tight. Maybe they were, yeah. And it affected yeah. your yeah. memory, it was I, your n- cognitive now you talk ability. About, I do remember the, the brouhaha at the MTV Awards, and it must have been about that. I think it was the American Music Awards. Well, American, whatever it was. And I do remember Axel and Izzy having a fight over something. I mean, not Axel, sorry. Vince and Izzy having a fight over something. But I mean, well, the story you know, goes. two drunken blokes backstage at an awards have a fight. I mean, it's, you know. Vince had heard that his bird at the time, a former mud wrestler. Charisse. Tropicana called Charisse, Charisse. Lovely lady. Had had intercourse with Izzy Stradlin while Vince had been on tour with Motley Crue. Right. But because Vince had gone on tour <laughs> and, and decided to be completely faithful throughout throughout that period vince had gone off on tour on the girls 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 tour <laughs> yeah. and no way where no Vin- girls yeah. were involved no, in the touring no way did vince <laughs> no way do ever betray his wife his on that tour mud wrestling tropicana yeah, wife he would think about her every night i can't wait to get off stage and call sharice <laughs> i wonder what she's doing Meanwhile, Izzy's like... Um, well, he is what she's doing. I used to know this chick on Melrose. What was that song off Use Your Illusion? I don't know. I don't oh, listen to it. Oh, fuck off. That, that wonderful trick. <laughs> oh, trick, Track, track. Yeah. Someone will write in. They'll be Googling I right now I used to know this tr- chick on Melrose. That was the opening lyric. 
I used to know this chick on Melrose, something like that. And it's about this yeah. uh, dom- dominatrix. Is that how you say it, John? You'd know. Dominatrix. See, I knew you'd know. And, uh, uh, and it's about this chick. That's because that... I speak Latin. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the end of this interview, we're, we're now talking about ELO. E- 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 no, to no, get no, Jeff no, you didn't tell you Vin- Vince... As pun- it goes oh, to right, punch. Oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so, I'm trying to remind me of the story I wrote. Yeah, the story. Vince, let's remind you of the story Vince, you wrote. Vince decides let's to punch. remind you of the story which started yeah. it all and destroyed yeah. Vin- my career. Vince From Neil. which I'm still recovering, yeah. my lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> Vince Neil, impugned by the knowledge that, that his woman Charisse. has been breached by Izzy Al- Stradlin. Alleged- allegedly. Allegedly. But that's all it takes for Vince. Vince ain't waiting for the proof. Vince is going down there to find out what happened. Yeah, and he did. He did. His his fists spoke eloquently. Yeah. So according to Axel, he then arrived on the scene. No, no, no. no, He was told about it. And he he was chasing after Vince. Of course he's there. He's music awards. Him and Izzy got up and played with Tom Petty that night. Okay. Um, And... According to Axel, he went chasing after Vince. Because <laughs> Vince cause, would run away from Axel. Yeah, because he, he'd to, just been told what happened. And Axel had to be physically restrained yeah, yeah, by his mind. Yeah. Don't just... Leave I'm it, leave hit, it, leave Axel. Leave him, it. Leave him. He's not worth it. He's not worth but, it, yeah, mate. Come yeah. on now. We've all had a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holding him back. But I would... If, he, if this guy let me go... <laughs> yeah. Cut to... When your story comes so out. So I write a story which says, I've heard that at the yeah. American Music yeah. Awards, Vince got Vince had beef with Izzy Stradlin. But did it lies. say but did it what annoyed Axel? Did it say that Because it wasn't true? But it was true. Because you were spreading you just lies and ripping true. off the kids. You That's just what it said was. it was true. They did have a fight. Axel says that whoever wrote that story <laughs> you <laughs> Made it sound as if Vince had kind of Made duffed, it sad. Duffed, oh, well, duffed his yard. Vince had be, Vince Neil, Mexican tough guy from LA, had beaten Izzy, Izzy. Izzy Peace and Love Merchant Jason Stradlin. Isabel. Yeah, who never had a fight with a fly. You know, he, Izzy's a lover, not a fighter, isn't he? Uh, all I want to say, I got, I got two words for you. Yeah. Spreading lies. Okay. And, and another four words, ripping off the kids. You're ripping off the kids. So me so, and Axel sat there. I said, you know what, Axel? But what? what He's been he, ripping right. off the kids. But, but Let's look, set what, this story was, straight. What, was, was Axel annoyed that it said Vince had beaten up Izzy? Or was Axel annoyed that it didn't say Axe would have beaten up Vince in revenge had he not been held back? Well, I think if you'd told the full story like that, we'd right. have been fine. Okay. If you told the truth, yeah. instead of spreading instead lies... Instead of the GNR lies. And ripping off the kids. Yeah. So, he tells me all of this, and then we get on to, you know, because at that point, it's like, are you ever going to make another album? And he starts telling me all these amazing songs, and one lasts 52 minutes mm. or something, you so, know. Yeah. And, uh, and it's all good. Like we're, we're now... Because he would talk to you with his hair down... He wouldn't make eye contact, which is yeah. why years later, because I have a, a daughter on the spectrum and I ended up learning a lot about this stuff, did make me think maybe, maybe this guy yeah. is somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah. Because particularly young men on the spectrum are, are intensely focused and yeah. creative and they do really do have to have things 
exactly the way. I mean, it's no joke. It's there's no there's no mm. overlap. There's yeah. no Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this. Yeah. That was Axel. But after a couple of hours, we're now making full eye contact. We're laughing. We're joking. And that's when I say, listen, it was an old-fashioned reel-to-reel. So I've got this thing for my radio show. Can we do something for that? Absolutely. That's when he tells you that I'm not in love, Jamaica. Right, and, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Benny and the Jets. Right. And, um, and I, it was a beautiful interview, and we hugged and we left, and I love you, man. It's like four in the morning. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, this is all still, I think, typewriters in those days, for me anyway, and uh, I'm transcribing, and it just looks really heavy on the page, you know, yeah. guns or knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I rang his publicist, uh, a woman of our acquaintance, and she said, um, he's here right now. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> Whenever you've rung our letter, it's weird. Whenever you've rung <laughs> the person you, you were inquiring about was always right there. That's why she was the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was great. I, I, yeah, yeah was, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, so she goes, he's here, you want to talk to him? I'm, okay, now, I recorded this as well. I recorded all of the conversations at his apartment, just a two-bed flat mm. in a tower, posh mm. tower block. Um, I recorded this. I still have all these recordings. And you hear me saying to him, it just looks a bit, he goes, read it to me. So, I, And I don't know what bit I read, that will be on the tape, but mm. it, I tried to pick the worst thing I could find. Yeah. So for argument's sake, uh, guns or knives, motherfucker, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he starts laughing. And he goes, I stand by every fucking word. I said, so you want me to... He went, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. So I did. And literally the day the article appeared, they got it in LA. Uh, it doesn't matter who, but I got someone I got someone ringing me saying um, they were starting a new... Remember in those days there'd be phone lines? Yeah. yeah. It was before the internet. You could ring I a magic do. number... And and you would hear a bit of a song or a bit of a song interview, or interview yeah. or message from the band. Yeah. Uh, and they want to put it on that. And I thought, why the fuck would they want to put this on a phone line? So immediately I'm not convinced, but these are my people. Gold record always come. I mean, there were lots of things with Slash in particular that happened that I've never spoken about, not going to speak about, private things. Yeah. Um, all the stories I wrote about Guns N' Roses, the really bad shit was never in there. This is why I was a great guy to have around because yeah. I wouldn't fuck things up. Um, and I'm still in that headspace. So I th I'm like, no, I don't think you really want to run it. Nah, let mm. me give you something else. No, no, no. And then th th these calls gone for two or three days and they become, they not ratchet it up more each time yeah, yeah. to the point where I'm finally told Axel doesn't believe he said some of those things and he really wants to hear the tape. Wow. And at this point, I was super wow. paranoid because we didn't yeah. go from phone line to Axel doesn't believe. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was gradual. Progressive. And in my naivety, I genuinely thought if he took the tape, he would doctor it or I'd never see it again. Yeah, because in those days, I mean, now you just send an MP3 over. It wouldn't Email. bother you. It wouldn't bother there you. There you go. It wouldn't bother you because you, you've still got your... But then you're right. Yeah, you'd have to send him the copy that you had. And... And also in those, context is everything. I mean, people say to me, now, do you, I mean, I have that tape because of this one reason. But I would interview Slash or 
Bon Jovi or whoever the fuck it was. And the next week I'd use the same yeah, tape just and tape over, over it yeah, and do yeah, the next yeah. guy. Yeah. Because no one had the foggiest that yeah. decades later this stuff might be of any interest whatsoever. Yeah. Kerrang was weekly. A lot of the interviews were basically, hey, how's it going? Exactly. From yeah. the last yeah. time I yeah. saw you a month ago. Yeah. You know? um, and I didn't, and people go, well, why didn't you make a copy? I didn't have anything yeah. to make a copy. But also, yeah, how did you, unless you had two tape recorders, you couldn't make yeah, a copy. There was, technology that. wasn't there. That's what people forget. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. And, and also, at this point, I'm insulted. Yeah. After all the Your things. Your journalistic integrity has been impugned. Well, I, I felt my integrity as a person because oh. I didn't pretend I had any integrity as a journalist. Well, no, I, you, you did because I'm not I'm, n- n- bullshit aside now. You had phoned him and said, look, this looks a bit heavy. Right. I'm willing to not run it if it really, you know, you don't want it to. Which not everyone would do that. I stand by every yeah. fucking yeah. word. And um, But also I think my whole shtick in those days was I had incredible access to everybody mm. and that was because I was the guy that would never stitch you up. Yeah, um, whereas me. <laughs> unlike, <laughs> unlike the next generation that <laughs> followed who were unscrupulous. Yeah. Just give me the story today. I just want the story. <laughs> That's all I want. So I now dig in my heels and they say, well, shall we get Axel to ring you? I said, yeah. Get him to ring me, but make sure he fucking remembers. I'm not make Malcolm sure Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, apologies to Malcolm. I could have chosen anybody's name, not yours, obviously. Because <laughs> he already didn't like me. That. You already didn't like me. <laughs> no one liked you. So, I mean, <laughs> you, your name was Poison yeah, in yeah, LA. Yeah, it was. Even with Poison. Even down the bow on a Friday night, yeah. they would go, no, not John. Not Hall. him. Not him. Anyone but him, yeah. they would say. His name's not on the list. So I, I t- I'm now taking offence, and I'm on my high fucking horse because I'm the great Mick Wall, and I would never... How, how dare yeah. you? Yeah. So fuck you. And you're, yeah. yeah, fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. And then cut to about nine months later. Oh, I can't remember, John. It was well over a year and a half before User Illusion came out and a mutual friend had heard some of the songs and he kind of tipped me off. But I still found it quite hard to believe. Yeah, because in in that sort of few months, this record has become the single most anticipated (laughs) record, you know, in, in sort of contemporary music history over the last sort of 10 years or whatever it was. People were gagging for this record. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, even when it came out, Appetite for Destruction kept selling. That's how much Appetite for Destruction was selling. Oh, it's still selling now. Yeah, and, and, and Use Your Illusion, when it did come out, one of them went to number one and one of them went to number two, didn't yeah. they? I mean, it was, oh, no, this, they were they the biggest were band in biggest, the world. biggest, biggest band Not around. just the biggest band, but the coolest, yeah. the one with the edge. Yeah, it was their moment. That was their moment. Because yeah. in 87... Uh, 86, 87, the, the two biggest, biggest, in terms of sales yeah. and ticket sales and profile, the two biggest bands in the world, uh, rock bands, were Bon Jovi, yeah. which had Slippery When Wet in 86, yeah. and Guns N' Roses, Appetite had come out in 87, but by 88 in the Sweet Child video yeah. in the summer, yeah. they were now Guns N' Roses. They were now the most dangerous band in the world. And... and um, so no one wanted to take a contrary position. Um, and I've spoken a lot about how I joined a very big club that eventually included all the other members of mm. Guns N' Roses. 
But I don't want to say that today because in part two, when we talk about the axle, um, the axle that we now learn about after Guns N' Roses implode, yeah, yeah. Um, it is way more interesting than, than cheap digs about, oh, well, yeah, and the band got fed up with him. He sacked everybody. Yeah. He sacked his wife. He stacks, you know, yeah, but that doesn't tell it. No, that's, that's not just the story. A, that's yeah. not the story. Yeah. That's just a shitty thing to say to go, fuck you. I withdraw all my fuck yous and I have nothing but sympathy and empathy for Axel. Doesn't mean he's never done anything terrible. Doesn't mean he didn't uh, damage my career. But he damaged his own career more. Yeah. You know, and and um, and there are other musicians like this, but I always feel more for Axel because with the other musicians, whatever their whatever their pivotal moment that made them go dark, it, it tended to me more by choice. They might not have known what they were getting into, but they definitely walked through the door marked crazy or not allowed or, or you know, forbidden. Mm. Axel was born behind that door and I think has spent a lot of time trying to get the fuck out of there. Um, but he was born into darkness. Yeah. And the fact that he did anything with that is remarkable, miraculous. And, um, and I genuinely tip my hat to him. I, I think he is, I wouldn't say the greatest front man because, you know, in terms of entertainment, try and beat David Lee Roth when he was David Lee Roth. Yeah. In terms of songwriting, you know, I, there are many, many writers that you can say go deeper. But in terms of, in his time, in his moment, in his world, he pushed all the boundaries. Guns N' Roses went to places they didn't need to go. They could have just done Appetite 2. They all wanted to do Appetite <laughs> 2. He was the only one that said... Yeah, no, he no. Was the one, yeah, he was the one who drove them He's like, you want to do... Motley Crue, I want to do the Beach Boys, mm. the Beatles. To me, when you come to Chinese, or use your illusion even, he's like Brian Wilson in the sound pit trying to create masterpieces for the Beach Boys. They just need another surfing song, but he wants to write yeah, something yeah, that is yeah, immortal. Yeah. Oh, come on, Brian. Yeah. No, and, and not because he's making a wise choice, because he can't fucking help it. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, and there is way more of this to talk about, but we're going to leave you there for today. Superb. Next week, motherfuckers. Yeah, because we are now weekly. weekly. Say it again. Weekly. weekly. Sorry about saying motherfucker. I didn't mean. Yeah, it. I didn't mean to say. Didn't that. mean mean to say that. Sorry. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave us a review. Share it with a friend or plain old subscribe wherever you happen to listen to it. For full episode show notes, visit nofilter.media forward slash get your rocks off. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want.